Today, I have the privilege of speaking with Rodetta Cook. Rodetta and her husband, Ron, started Care for Pastors, which is an amazing organization that walks alongside pastoral families. Rodetta was going to talk more about it. You know, she talks about her struggles early on in their ministry, and what she didn't know at the time was that it was preparing her for what God has called them to do today. Take a listen. I know you will be blessed. Hi, Rodetta. Hey, Joy. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to see you. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to share with you today. Yes, I think that you have so many amazing things to say. And, you know, I've known you now for, it's got to be almost two years that I reached out to you. And you, I reached out to you through the confidant, which we'll talk about. And it was so wonderful. You were so welcoming. Um, and so I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that you have a ministry, which we're going to hear about for caring for pastors, caring for pastors, wives, and thank you for taking the time to come on and share. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, um, I was saved at a very young age, age of 11. And I knew pretty quickly after getting saved that God was calling me into full-time ministry. Didn't really know exactly what that looked like, but I knew that that was my calling. So I got married at a very young age, not quite 19. And yes. And two years later, after my husband finished college, we went into full-time ministry and have been doing full-time ministry ever since. Now, I wish I could say that each of our ministries had been smooth sailing, but uh, as you well know, that doesn't always happen. So in our first two ministries at our very young age, we started at 23 and 21 in the first ministry. Uh, It was very, very rocky. You learn hard knocks lessons that you don't learn in the classroom. Uh, And then in our second ministry, uh, my husband was 25 and I was 22. Uh, In a business meeting, a deacon stood up and said, preacher, the problem with you is you don't have enough stripes on your back and it's up to us to put some on you. Wow. I'm just like, oh my goodness, what have we gotten ourselves into? And, you know, being a, an outspoken person and they're talking about my husband, I wanted to just stand up, you know, and speak sure. out. Of course, I couldn't. So I bit my tongue and we lasted there about three years. And then we uh, planted a church. And after about three and a half years of that, um, we just had had enough of the politics of ministry mm. and the business meetings. And my husband said, you know what? God, I'm, I'm just, I'm pulling my calling card. I'm going to go back to school and get my counseling degree. And he said, then I don't have to deal with people. And I just laughed and I said, now, wait a minute, you're a pretty smart person. <laughs> and he said, well, I don't have to deal with business meetings, which was true. So we went back to Lynchburg, Virginia, where he finished his counseling degree. And, you know, God has a way of always bringing you back. And through a series of uh, events there where he was working while he was getting his degree, a group of singles found out he had been a pastor and they asked us to start a Bible study in our home. And we thought, oh, that's pretty safe. That's not ministry, you know. And so <laughs> long story short, that ended up being becoming a Sunday school class at a, at a mega church. And then he became the singles pastor and the church counselor. And so God had his way of putting us back into ministry. And then after about eight and a half years of uh, being there, uh, through a friend of a friend of a friend, they found out that a church in Leesburg, Florida, which we had never heard of, 
was looking for a singles pastor and a church counselor. And so God brought us to Leesburg, Florida. And uh, about three and a half years into that ministry, uh, we were part of a Southern Baptist church and they uh, came to the pastor, the lead pastor and, and said, you know, hey, we, look, we, we need to plant a church south of Leesburg. And my husband volunteered because he knew God was calling him back into lead pastoring. So we planted a church uh, in 2000 and it was not your typical church plant. It grew just exponentially. But about seven years into it, we had what we call a hostile takeover attempt where a group of uh, people that helped us start the church, a group of businessmen that were used to being in control, uh, the church had outgrown them and, and they were no longer the only ones in leadership. And they tried to force Ron out and uh, God did not allow us to leave. Uh, he drew a line in the sand and in all three services said, you know, until God tells me to leave, I am here until the church is wow. you know, financially stable, emotionally and spiritually stable. And so we stayed another three years and God did a pruning and pruning is ugly and painful. It was a very painful time for us because these were people we'd done life with for seven years. And all we'd done is love them, you know? And so through that, um, God then uh, moved us into to this ministry full time that actually was birthed about 25, 30 years ago. Wow. So, so I, I, think, I think what's really amazing is you stayed on after that happened at that church, which is not an easy thing to do. And so I really respect that you were like, no, until God calls me and whatever that looks like, I'm going to say here, um, that had to have been really difficult to stay on in that situation. It was joy. It was a very difficult time, but, but we knew that if we, if we didn't take a stand that it would set a precedence, which most churches unfortunately have of the next pastor would be treated the same way because if those power players won, so to mm. speak. Uh, so we knew we had to stay on and, and, you know, the days that I was ready to quit, my husband was ready to stay and fight and vice versa. God just wow. you know gave us the strength and it was, it was a very difficult time. And unfortunately, about 100 people ended up, there was, a, we were, atten our attendance at that time was about 750. And there was about 40 people that caused this uproar. And the remainder of the people had no idea that this was coming. And so, um, so yeah, so it was a hard time, but, but I'm so thankful, so thankful that God allowed us to stay. Right. That's really, that's amazing. And I think to how you leave a place you know, is showing you how you're stepping into something, just like you said, like you didn't want to leave and set a precedent for the next guy. And, you know, that you were honoring the Lord and what he was calling you to do, even though it was hard. I think sometimes right. talking to women, that's where we get tripped up. We think, oh, this is hard. So maybe it means it's, it's not good or it's not where God has me. And ministry is hard. It just yeah, in cool. general can be difficult sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. It's not so, for the faint of heart. It is not for the faint of heart. No. <laughs> so you talk about the ministry that you're at now was birthed 25 years ago. Can you talk a little bit about what care for pastors is, um, what it does and what that, like what God spoke to you and your husband years ago that started that dream? Yes. When, when we were uh, in Lynchburg, Virginia, as Ron is the singles pastor, we would take a group of singles on a week uh, retreat every year to Myrtle Beach. And he can just, my husband always says, I can just remember where I was walking down the beach and God audibly spoke and said, one day you will have a ministry for pastors and their families. Mm -hmm. And 
So we just kind of tucked it away and um, said, okay, you know, this is, and when we planted the church, we, we shared that vision with the church and the church just kind of took on that vision with us. And our vision here at Care for Pastors is to see every pastoral family persevering in ministry and developing a healthy church and leading in community transformation. And we knew that we could take our pain and come alongside pastoral families, but we didn't know exactly when that would be. And so we just kind of tucked it away. And, and before long, that, that vision that was burnt in our hearts became, it was what could be, and then it came to what should be, and then it, had, it came to what absolutely had to be. And we knew it was time for us to, um, to launch this ministry so that we could come alongside pastoral families. Never had any idea what that really looked like. And here we are uh, almost 11 years later, full-time in it. And it has exploded to uh, links that we never, ever expected. And so we're just so thankful. And it's not our vision, it's God's. Mm. It's God's vision and it's God's ministry. And we're just thankful that we get to be the ones that steward that visit, that uh, that vision right now. Right. That's so amazing. So what are some of the things that you do there? So what we do, we, we offer, as you well know, we offer a, um, a private Facebook group for pastors wives, and we also offer it for pastors as well. Now the pastors wives group has grown way, way bigger than, than the yes. pastors because we women need a place to talk, you know, yes. and whilst the, the average church person wouldn't understand, you say, well, we have a private Facebook group for pastors wives. They're like, well, how could that be that helpful? But as, as we all know, you don't have to be in ministry very long to know you really have no safe place to be yourself. And so what we want to offer in this group is for ladies not to bash the church or bash their husbands, or it's a place for them to process what they are experiencing in ministry and a place to be safe with that, but also to have other ladies that understand what they're going through. Because sometimes we can feel like, wow, is it me? You know, am I the only one going through this? Am I crazy? I mean, you know. So right. it's just it's just a great place for these ladies to have to process uh, ministry and the hard things of ministry. We also offer uh, counseling. We do that virtually as well as on site. Uh, of course, COVID changed a lot of that last year for us. Most of it became virtual, but we're thankful to have that that venue that we can do Zoom calls with pastors and spouses, you know, and and that's better than just a phone call. So we do offer counseling and coaching. Uh, our in-person counseling generally consists of what we call our on-site intensives, where it's a week long. The couple will check in on Sunday and check out on Saturday, and they come into our ministry center and have two to three hours of counseling uh, each day, Monday through Friday. And then we do follow, six months of follow-up uh, Zoom calls with them to make sure they're staying on track with what they set as their goals while they were here. Because many times, you know, we go back to ministry, we get right back on that hamster wheel and it's all about the doing of ministry right. instead of being still and being. So we don't want them to go back and just, you know, undo everything they accomplished while they were here. So we do six months of follow-up. A lot of them will choose to continue that follow-up because they want that accountability. They don't right. want to fall back into the, you know, to the rat race that they were in before coming. So those, those are the things that we, that we offer here uh, at Care for Pastors. I think that's so amazing and it's so unique, you know, and that you, you make it possible for couples to come and, you know, get that intensive, like where else can you go that somebody that understands ministry, understands your struggle, you can be completely open, you can get the support. And I think that that's something that's so valuable that you're offering 
to couples and families, not just for the pastor and pastor's wife, it trickles down into their Absolutely. family, their kids. Absolutely. And, and that's one thing that makes us a little unique. There are other ministries that offer help for pastoral families, but one thing that makes us unique, and we are very thankful for how God has developed our team, everyone that's in a counseling or coaching position has either been a pastor or a pastor's wife. So they understand that aspect. And that's so important. Not that a, a Christian counselor couldn't help them, but most certainly they could. But it helps that we have that, that aspect of understanding the stress of ministry. And, and, you know, we started the PK ministry about a year and a half ago for pastor's kids. And that, that has been growing phenomenally. Uh, our, our director, she was a pastor's wife as well as a pastor's kid. So she understands the glass house and the stress that those kids are under. And it's just been great to be able to offer that support for the pastor's kids as well. That's amazing. So let's go back to um, the confidant. If somebody's looking for information on that, they can go to the website, Care for Pastors, and there'll be information Correct. on that. And under the pastor's wives tab, it will it will show the, the Facebook. And, and another um, thing I probably need to share with you is we do a very intense vetting process. I have three other pastor's wives that help me with that. And when someone requests, we don't just put them in. Uh, we, we send them a message asking them to share with us where they are currently serving, uh, what their husband's name is. And, and these, these the other three ladies that help me out, uh, the little investigators, uh, they go and they look at the website to make sure, because we don't want you know, someone that's not a pastor's wife getting into the group. I mean, we are very adamant about this being a safe place. Right. So we do some really take, take the time to really uh, investigate who yeah. they really are. And that's really important nowadays. I mean, you have mm -hmm. pastors and pastor's wives that leave a church, sign non-disclosures, can't say things. You want to be able to go somewhere knowing confidently like that you can speak without worry and fear. And you've really built that in the confidant so much so that you and the other um, women who are administrators of the site will post either prayer requests or things that women need advice for anonymously if they don't want to ask it themselves. Yes. And that's very important because, you know, we're over 2,300 women now. And the, the chances of someone from a previous ministry or whatever being in the group is very likely or very possible. And so, yes, we want to make it as safe as possible. And so we do take the time to post anonymously for them. Right. It's really an amazing group. It's an amazing site. Um, I have been a part of that for, I want to say it's a year and a half now, maybe even two years. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sort of throwing in a last minute question here, but I get to have those moments where I check out of Facebook, like I need a break or even um, sometimes I'm, I'm not on there for months or I'll go on and I'll see the prayer requests from the women. And I'll see them reaching out. And I, in that moment, I'm lifting up to the Lord and my heart is heavy for some of these women that really are struggling with different things in life. Um, I'm able to check out you and your team are not. And how do you carry that burden? Because I'm sure that is a heavy burden to carry mm -hmm. these women reaching out for help, reaching out with prayer requests. How do you carry that and not have it weigh you down and become something that is just really heavy on you? That's a good question. It's very hard. Uh, 
that's why I would not make a good counselor. My, uh, my husband, Ron, always says, as a counselor, you don't take it home with you. Uh, and I, I'm not good at that. I want to take it home with me or take, right. the, or take the wife home with me is what I'd like <laughs> to do. <laughs> so so we, try to, we try to be really good about it now that we have four admins of kind of putting it on one, um, one of us, like maybe either, either over the weekend or in the evenings. We try not to be on it 24-7. It's hard not to be because, if, you know, we have one of the wives message us. But we're, we're getting a good, a, a good system to where, you know, if somebody messages me and it's supposed to be my time off, I'll send it to one of the other admins. Okay. Uh, but it is very hard not to let it weigh you down. Uh, the one thing that encourages us is to see, um, to see them make progress, whatever their prayer request may be, or with their personal message, you know, uh, or if we see them post a, a prayer request, we may personal message them and say, hey, we offer this at Care for Pastors. We really would like to see you get help. Mm. And so that's what keeps us going is knowing that we can offer them help uh, if they choose to get help. And that's kind of what keeps us going. But we are, we are trying to be better at not staying on 24-7. And we've even asked our husbands to kind of keep us accountable. So mm. like in the evenings, if, if Ron and I are watching TV and I'm on my iPad, he'll say, are you on the confidant? <laughs> Sometimes I have to say, uh, yes, but I'm getting off. <laughs> well, that's actually a very good quality to have because you love helping women. Yes, it's sometimes you need that accountability of I'm shutting this off. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's so many times I say to myself, like, Lord, what do I have to offer women? Like, I want to help women in ministry and I'm not a counselor. I'm not this, but you know what, it, what I see you modeling, even for me, which is so inspiring is that you are there to listen. And so many of these women want, just want somebody to listen and say, I understand. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you That's guys do that so yeah, you guys do that so well. Thank you. Uh, because that is sometimes that's all we need. And sometimes, unfortunately, some of their husbands are so married to the church or unfortunately, sometimes they're in a narcissistic um, relationship. They don't, they don't even have their husbands to listen to them. Right. And so I, I'm just thankful we can be there to listen and to guide them that hopefully they will get help. Right. So talk about Beat Again and you know that's something that i talked i had jennifer street on here um back in season one who i just i love talking to her and she told us about beat again but if you can touch on that what is beat again and how did this come to start at care for pastors okay uh yes the beat again uh is an an eight-week online support group that uh, actually was developed out of uh, our relationship with Jennifer Street, who is a, a licensed trauma counselor. And she and her husband had come through the ministry a few years ago and had experienced actually two forced terminations, which most of us have never heard of that term. We didn't even know what it was. And so through a series of events, God just laid it on her heart uh, back in 2019, I believe it was, to reconnect with us and say, hey, I just feel like God's really leading us to get back into doing something in ministry. Have you all ever thought about doing this? And, and that was what God had laid on our hearts. That, that was our next, uh, the next level of care that we were going to create here at Care for Pastors was the trauma care. Mm. Uh, because it doesn't take long. It doesn't have to be a forced termination. It doesn't take long when we're in ministry to experience what, what she calls. And I think this is a, a term that all of us um, can, can relate to. And it's called betrayal trauma. 
It doesn't take long in ministry to be betrayed, unfortunately. And that betrayal trauma is, you know, if it stays with us, we never get past it. And so this eight week online support group is just a way to give uh, pastor's wives tools to get past that trauma and be able to, to stop walking wounded and to be able to serve healed. And it's just been awesome. We just started our seventh group uh, this week. And so last year, even during COVID, we were able to come alongside, I think 50 plus pastor's wives to offer them this online support group. And I cannot tell you, I mean, you know what it has done for these wives. Now, what I'm excited about, Jennifer is going to be working on uh, creating this curriculum for couples so that when, when the pastor gets let go or forced out, that the, the pastor and wife can do this together. And I think that's going to be huge. I mean, it's been very beneficial doing it for the wives, but I think that's going to be really huge for us to start being able to hold, uh, do it for the couples. Right. I think that's so good because sometimes you focus on the pastor healing and, you know, you guys are focusing on, I mean, both, but you're also paying attention to the pastor's wife getting healing so that she could be able to walk through this. And I love what you said about walking wounded. Um, you know, we do that and sometimes we don't even realize it. Exactly. Exactly. And I would have given anything back during what we called our hostile takeover attempt. I would have given anything to have had something like that because I know we did walk wounded for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so good. So you talk to so many pastors, wives, what is something you consistently hear from them? That is something that they struggle with. I'm sure there's a, several things, but what's right. something? Um, I think the, the top thing would be loneliness. You know, they're around people all the time, but they feel so lonely and it's because they don't have that safe place, but we hear that over and over. So I would say the top three things, of course, number one would be the loneliness and then unrealistic expectations. Uh, sometimes we put those on ourselves, but many times we allow church people to put unrealistic expectations on us as pastor's wives uh, that we, we just feel like, you know, we, we have to do it all and, and we don't. Right. Right. And then identity is another, you know, they, they feel like, well, their husband is the pastor and he has this ministry now because we're, we have so many different seasons in our lives. Uh, young moms can't be as involved and they don't, where is my place? What, you know, what do I do? And as so they're trying to find their identity in ministry sometimes can be hard. Mm, mm, definitely. So I had talked to you probably a year and a half ago. Maybe it was a year ago. I don't even know. It doesn't probably. really matter. <laughs> I'm losing track of time, but I had the privilege of sitting down and talking to you. And one of my favorite questions that anybody that has listened to the podcast know that I love to um, say to the person I'm interviewing, like, what's something you would go back and tell your young self that's just starting out in ministry? Like now having all of this life behind you, what would you go tell your young self? And when I asked you that question, you said that you, one of the things you would tell yourself is not to have close friends in the church. And at the time, I was like, okay, that's, I totally get that. And I've learned that this is actually sort of a bit of a debate among pastor's wives and women in ministry. So some people say, I totally disagree. If -hmm. you told me I couldn't have friends in church, like I would be devastated. And other people say, yes, I 100% agree. So 
why do you think that's one of the things you would go back and tell yourself? And um, I, yeah, I guess just what makes you say well, that? Mm -hmm. uh, because of the uh, experience that I have had in ministry when I tried to have a close friends in the church, it generally came back to bite me. Either they didn't keep the confidentiality or other women became very jealous if they knew that I was friends with, you know, so it's very hard to balance having a, what I would call a close friendship within your, within your church body. Uh, and I was always very guarded as far as how much I would share with them because of the confidentiality. And, and it seemed like once I kind of loosened up and did, it generally came back to bite me. Uh, there, there's been one time in ministry that I had a very close confidant that ended up being a good thing. And that was during our hostile takeover attempt. An older lady, I call her my Florida mom. Um, when we moved to Florida, she became uh, kind of like a mom to me and very godly lady and very much for the pastor. And so she stood up at, for us and fought for us. And she, I knew I could tell her anything. I mean, mm -hmm. I could, I could probably cuss at her and she'd be okay. You know, <laughs> <laughs> she was just a godsend. So there, that was one time that it, it didn't come back to bite me and I was very thankful for. So it's not that it can never work. I just always tell ladies, be very, very careful. You want to make sure that if you have a confidant in your congregation, that you're a hundred percent sure, 99% sure that it is a safe, a safe place. Because I would say 95% of the time it, it's not. Right. Yeah, well, you were at a large church, um, and it seems like, too, that's interesting that you say that about people looking at if, if you're friends with somebody or close friends with somebody, other people mm -hmm. looking at with jealousy. I could see, I guess I never thought of that. Um, right. And one person said that to me recently about favoritism, like people think that you're playing favorite favorite. So that's very interesting. Um, and I could see how that could be a thing that people look mm -hmm. at that and say, I want a relationship. And there's... Right. Yeah. It, it can become, yeah, become a big issue. Mm. So sometimes you have to kind of hide the relationship, you know? Right. And you who feel, wants to do that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> who wants to do that? Exactly. Right. Well, what I love is that with the confidant, you're making a place that people can have the best of both worlds. You could have your church family and have boundaries and also have the confidant where you build up this trust with women who are mm -hmm. like-minded. So I think that's really important. And, and one thing we've worked hard at in the confidant group is keeping a, uh, an Excel of wives that join of their city and state in hopes that as they build these relationships with other pastors' wives, they might could meet up somewhere halfway and right. have, have that confidant with a pastor's wife that they know is not in their area that, you know, it could come back to bite them. And we've seen that happen several times. And that just, that's another thing that keeps me going. That makes my heart happy. Mm. It's true because being part of that smaller beat again group, it's like, you know, we have the confidant, which is 2000 plus women. And then you have your smaller, mm -hmm. you know, there's, I think six women in my group. Right. And mm -hmm certain times you reach out just to those women because you've built relationship and some of them have even met up and connected and exactly. really it's just a sisterhood yeah it's just, it's awesome that's that's exactly it you're immediately friends with these women because you're mm -hmm. bonded over you know mutual life experience exactly 
So what are some words of wisdom that you give to other pastors, wives who are just starting out in ministry and just, just seeking like some advice and wisdom? I think one of the first things I uh, suggest to them is please set boundaries early in your ministry, because once you've kind of let things get out of control, it's hard to go back and set those boundaries. And so, like I said earlier, you know, we have different seasons in our lives. And so whatever season you're in, when you start in a ministry, I just uh, strongly recommend to them to set boundaries for themselves, but also for their husbands to set boundaries. And, you know, if we get, if we get this order out of balance, I mean, our, our order needs to be God, our husband's our family, and then the church. And so many times that gets out of balance. And when that gets out of balance, our life is just a disaster. Right. And, and the other thing I suggest to them is, you know, help your husband set boundaries, because if not, what we have seen so many times is the church becomes the other woman. Mm. And when the husband gets home, he, he's just given and given and given. And every time the church uh, demands his attention, he jumps and then when he gets home, he has nothing left to give to his wife or to his kids. Mm. And so if we don't set those boundaries early, like I say, it's just, it's hard to go back and set them after you've let things get totally out of control. And so okay. that's my biggest, that's my biggest advice to young, to young wives that are starting in ministry is to set boundaries uh, and let people know. And you know, the sad thing, Joy, is I've heard from some of the wives in the Facebook group, uh, the expectations that church people put on them I mean they, they're they're young moms and have two or three kids and and they're putting their kids first and and, and people are like why aren't you at this event or at this you know and they don't they don't give her the flexibility to be mom first and right. and so if we don't set those boundaries it it, it it gets ugly right and that's very hard you're already in a vulnerable state you're you know a pastor's wife you're raising kids and you're trying to, this is your husband's job. Like he's, right. he's getting paid. You want to, it's so, there's so many things pulling and you're, you feel called to it, but you want to be home. It's, it's, it's so hard. tricky. It really is. It really is. It's very hard. Yes. So I would say to that woman, that's, you know, kind of like struggling right now, find the confidant, find care for pastors and just people that are like-minded that can say, yes, I totally understand. Cause that makes a world of difference. It does. Absolutely. Yes, it does. And, you know, and I'm thankful God has used our pain. Uh, you know, usually when we think about being a good steward, we think about being a good steward of our time and our talents and our treasure. Uh, but, but there's another, there's another steward and that's been a good steward of our pain. Wow. And I'm just thankful that God has allowed us uh, to use that second Corinthians principle where we can come alongside others to give them the comfort that God has given us. Wow. And so I'm just very thankful that God is allowing us to do that because, you know, pain is pain. And um, we, we thought we'd been through everything needed to do this ministry. But when we went through that hostile takeover attempt, uh, Ron always says, God told me there's a graduate course that you've got to pass before I release you to do care for pastors full time. And it wasn't an elective. It was, it was a graduate course that we had to go through and we thought we had enough, you know, to go through. And now we see what God was doing because now we can sit across, whether it's a, a zoom call or whether it's in person with a pastor and spouse and say, you know, we understand we've wow. been there and, and be able to share what God, how God used that time for us. So, so we're very thankful that we can come alongside younger 
pastors and spouses and kind of walk with them. Right. I absolutely love that. You know, I've never heard that before being a good steward of your pain. Um, I'm going to steal that. You go right ahead. I stole That's, it from my husband. So you go right ahead. I've never heard that before. And it makes so much sense. And it's so beautiful. And think of the blessing and the benefits of doing that, that takes that pain and it makes it like so worth it. I'm sure mm -hmm. you and your husband seeing all of these people that you can say, I understand and help and pour into has made that experience worth it 10 times over. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always say, I, I wouldn't want to go back and repeat it, but I'm very no. thankful for it now. Wow. <laughs> Tell my husband. I even told Ron a few years after the the hostile takeover attempt and after we'd gotten past, you know, all of the, I said, you know, I think I'm going to write them a thank you note and thank them for doing this for us. And he said, I'm not quite sure your motives are right. <laughs> That's so amazing. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. And I love so many times people get hurt and they retreat. Yes. Um, and you know, that may be fine for a time, but God has a plan and a purpose and that you guys stepped out in that and look what it's opened up. Exactly. And I'm so thankful because we could have gone either direction. And I'm so thankful God kept our hearts soft during that time. And yeah, there were, there were times of anger and, you know, but I'm so thankful that we didn't stay there and that come at the, you know, become bitterness and right. that God, that God actually used it for our, for our good. Right. And that's one verse that was our, that was our rock during that time was Romans 8, 28. You know, we didn't have to understand it. We didn't have to like it, but we knew God was working it together for good for us. Mm. And that, that was our, that was just our life first during that, that tough time. Mm. That's great. I'm going to put some of these things in the show notes. And of course the care for pastors website in the show notes. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything that you want to say about care for pastors, any events coming up, anything that um, you want to tell people about how to get any information? Mm -hmm. Of course, our website, careforpastors.org is the best place. But then if you have needs and you want to email us, our email is info at careforpastors.org uh, or call us. Our number is 352-728-8179. We do have another Pastors Wise retreat coming up this fall, uh, October 22nd to the 24th in Orlando. Uh, we know everybody can't come to Florida. So we had scheduled a second one last year up in Louisville, Kentucky try to give some of the ladies, you know, up further north uh, an opportunity. And of course, COVID interrupted that. So we're trying to get that one rescheduled for the spring. Right now, they're still under some COVID restrictions. And so we couldn't get one done for this fall. But uh, those are just awesome times for these pastor's wives to come together and just be themselves uh, and let us just love on them and, and just give them a weekend away that they normally wouldn't have the opportunity to do at a hotel that maybe they've never had the opportunity to mm experience. And so, so we do have that uh, event coming up. And right now we'll, we'll also have another virtual event coming up in November where we uh, do a, a live event online uh, to bring awareness about care for pastors. We, we say sometimes we think it's the best kept secret uh, because mm -hmm. so many people haven't heard about us, but it's becoming more and more well-known, so to speak. Yes, it is. Well, that's good. Thank you so much. I'm going to put that information again, in the show notes. And it's also, I have care for pastors on the joy for ministry page. Um, people can oh, find awesome. it there under resources. Okay, yes. great. Thank you, joy. I appreciate you and appreciate what you do. Um, 
yeah. is using you in ways that you probably never expected. And so I'm just thankful for that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for being there at a time where I was like, what is going on in my life? And, you know, just reaching out to you and you're responding right away. And so God has a way of connecting. Absolutely. Thankful that we could be there for you during that time and continue and the relationship that God has built between us at a distance. Yes, for sure. Awesome. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Joy. God bless. You too. If you would like more information about Care for Pastors, you can go right to their website. The link is in our show notes. Also, if you need prayer, please go to joyforministry.com. You could submit a request or you can email joyforministry at gmail.com. We want to walk alongside you in your ministry journey. Also, make sure you share this podcast, subscribe, rate us. And again, If you need some more resources, check out our website. The journal is up there for purchase. Make sure you grab a copy. Some exciting things are coming down the road, which I can't wait to share with you soon. See you next week.